Now, I'd like to do a little comparative study. And this is comparing Courtney Weber's Hecate, goddess of all witches, and uh, Mark Allen Smith's The Queen of Hell. So, Courtney Weber's book is very diagnostic. It breaks everything down, shows you the formulas, even her, her more ancient associations, not quite getting into um, the Canaanite tradition that I'll have to cover, I'll have to cover in, uh, another podcast, but, um, she does go fairly far back and she does show the same practical methods that she showed in a book called, uh, The Morrigan, which is also very good. <laughs> Her style of writing is, is very good. It's very enthralling. I definitely enjoy it. But, um, Mark Allen Smith has a way with words that I haven't found since Andrew Chumbley's The Dragon Book of Essex. The way that everything is eloquently put, the calls, the charges, the cloak of Hecate, is profound. It really is profound. I, I haven't even found anything that paralleled that in, in quite some time. Like Andrew Chumbley's uh, Sabbatic Craft. Very, very underrated. And unlike most, unlike most aspects of Hecate, where they think that she's like all love and light, how she's this humble, loving goddess, and she does not mess with free will, and and all of these things. So, with the primal craft, that is a lot more dark. It's a lot more commanding. You have to face a lot of your fears. Um, you have to do a lot of work like a, a warrior does. This is pra- training your mind and body to be able to facilitate things through the spirit. And Courtney Weber doesn't really, you know, apply that methodology in the first part of the book. It's basically like a, a scholarly work where you start with the diagnostic, all of your studies, um, how everything is laid out in layman's terms. And then you actually get into the practical work. Just like with the Queen of Hell, um, with the rituals at the very end. Although that there's calls throughout the book, kind of like taking Andrew Chumbley's Azueta and sprinkling in the calls within uh, the book. And then having the practical methods at the end, while also giving gnosis from working with Hecate. And I've found, I've found much of my own through not only the primal craft, but also other means of divination that, that uh, I've used, like making a talismanic painting specifically for her with the symbolism of, um, of a red moon. And it almost looks like glass shattering in the background. It's definitely good to um, create those types of those types of conduits, which is oddly enough something that is mentioned in Courtney Weber's book. But she says whether it's dedicating a song or a poem um, to Hecate, or giving an offering of something that you would drink or that you would eat, kind of like a neighbor coming to you and coming to have coffee or whatever. 
things of that nature. The same way that you would treat a guest, you would treat a spirit to the to the same type of thing, right? And um, I thought that that was very interesting. Mark Allen Smith's is a lot more concrete. You need a green, green cup, you need a wooden pentagram uh, with all of the sigils um, of the spirits that you work with. I think it was 27 was the number. Um, you need a ritual dagger, um, a number of other things, right? So even from, from this, how the practical methods uh, in the first book would ultimately lead to the practical methods in the second book, even though that they are not connected whatsoever. I don't even think that they know that the other one exists. But um, I did find that there is a lot of interesting correlations between the two. And I also thought about the right-hand path methodology of working with Hecate and the left-hand path methodology of working with Hecate. And it kind of creates kind of like a dualistic nature of, of one side of life and the other, like all things, like life and death. And one is more light and airy and heartfelt, and the other one is more heavy, and there's a responsibility to bear, and it's more of like a realist approach. But it is very interesting how even opening yourself up to these channels and how these currents shape you as a human being, whether it's the introduction to working with Hecate or it is the advanced work, or this is alchemy of the soul with Hecate. It's hard to put into perspective in, in the long scheme of things, especially how everybody has an interpersonal relationship with everybody on this planet, and how that interpersonal relationship also happens with spirits, but how not only does it happen in a unique way, there is also so many things that devotees to Hecate will notice, um, having dreams of a wolf bringing them a key or something to do with keys, the divination through nature and finding things that would normally never be in your path, but upon opening yourself up to that specific current, you end up finding a frog or a snake that is sick or needs help or is in trouble and um, either helping it uh, or putting it out of its misery. So there's many different things that um, that are kind of hard to gauge in a sense because it's just so unique to, to each and every person. But from what I found is that these parallels seem to be a reoccurring theme, and it's something that is extremely undeniable regardless of what path people have taken with Hecate. And the more that, that I'm reading into this, the more I'm finding that it wasn't something that has been an ancient tradition because there's been so many different things. Like um, in Courtney Weber's book, she speaks on how 
there's a statue of Hecate and every um, first, second, and seventh day, then people would give offerings to Hecate. And I just thought, um, how strange that was because some people work with her every day. Some people work with her periodically um, when they feel drawn to or called to. And it's just interesting to see how many different people on this planet still share the same practices without even knowing each other. And a lot of these people don't don't know that these practices even exist, but are doing something to the same effect. And I think that that is not only a beautiful thing, but it's a groundbreaking th- thing that also shares parallels with ancient cultures, how on one side of the planet, um, in Mesopotamia, they were practicing... They were practicing all different types of, of magic and ceremonies. And in Egypt, they are doing the exact same thing with similar interpretations. And in Ireland, they were doing the exact same thing with similar interpretations. So all of these things, uh, even Meso- Mesoamerica as well, all of these things have a way of like bringing everyone together that are a part of that same kind of like a universal covenant or a coven of um, devotees and initiates. But unlike a secret society or a specific um, mystery schools doctrine, right? So I find that is very interesting. And then the comparison between the two is like night and day, but they're both a part of the same principles of nature. And in conclusion... I think that um, with all of the different variables between them, how one is scholarly and then breaks it down at the very end, and the other one is very grimoire-esque, and then it just gets straight to the brass tacks at the very end. That the journey in between the first page and the last is still the same, even though that the context is different, even though that the subject matter is different. I feel like it's still a conduit for becoming something so much more than you are at this very moment, or even remembering who you actually are and not just this facade of personal thought patterns. You know, It's being something so much more than you are right now.